Hello everyone and welcome to the March 11th, 2016 edition of the Turfs Up Horse Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Keeler-Johnson. We've got a great series of races coming up this Saturday, including the Grade 1 Santa Anita Handicap and Frank E. Kilrow Mile at Santa Anita, as well as a couple of major Kentucky Derby prep races, including the San Felipe Stakes at Santa Anita and the Tampa Bay Derby at Tampa Bay Downs. Perhaps the strongest race of the week is the San Felipe Stakes, an eight and a half furlong race for three-year-olds, purse of $400,000. And the race has drawn an absolutely fantastic field of seven horses, and I'm really excited about this race. You can make a case for every single horse in the race to win. And not only that, you can make a case that all seven of these horses have the talent and potential to win the Kentucky Derby. That's how solid this race is. So this week's episode of the podcast is going to focus on the San Felipe Stakes, and we're going to go through each horse one at a time, kind of look at their record a little bit, see where they need to step up in the San Felipe Stakes to remain on the Derby trail, because these seven horses, they all have so much potential, but they're vying for the same Kentucky Derby qualification points. So obviously, the ones that are ready to roll today and run well in this race are going to have a stronger chance at qualifying to the Kentucky Derby than those that might need this get this race under their belt and improve down the road. Alright, we'll start with number one, Uncle Lino. He's made four starts so far, he's finished in the top three in all of them. Last time out, he ran in the eight and a half furlong Robert B. Lewis stakes at Santa Anita, grade three race. It was his first start around two turns and he ran a great race. He was race, he raced in second through modest fractions, 23 and 2, 47 and 3. And then he moved up uh, on the final turn and in the home stretch to challenge the pace setter, I will score. And he fought I will score very hard through that final furlong, eventually beat him by a half length, wound up finishing second though behind the highly regarded Moore Spirit, who rallied to win by a length and a half. Now, Uncle Lino's effort in the Robert B. Lewis was quite nice. He did get a good trip, stalking the pace on the outside through slow fractions. Might have been a little bit of an advantage over I Will Score, who's being pressured a little bit racing on the rail. But very solid effort for Uncle Lino. He's trained well since then. On March 5th, he went five furlongs in 59 and three-fifths. Problem is, there is a lot of speed in this San Felipe stake. Several of his rivals today are very fast, and I will score his back once again. So if the pace ends up being faster than in the Robert B. Lewis, which it certainly could, going to be interesting to see how Uncle Lino responds to that. The other thing to consider is that Uncle Lino has drawn the rail, and he hasn't shown himself to be a need-the-lead kind of horse. He's actually only led at the first call of one of his races, his only victory, but he's come from as far as three lengths back to run well. Drawing the rail could compromise his chances a little bit though and make things tricky for him because he either has to send for the lead from the start or take back a little bit at the start and risk getting boxed in early on. So for Uncle Lino, hard to say what his best strategy would be in the San Felipe Stakes. I'm going to be curious to see where he ends up running, whether it's on the lead, a couple lengths back, uh, hard to say. Number two is Danzing Candy. 
Dancing Candy, son of Twirling Candy, finished eighth in his debut last November at Del Mar, but has won two races since then in completely easy fashion. Last time out, he won a one-mile allowance optional claiming race at Santa Anita by nearly six lengths. Never even really asked for a run by jockey Mike Smith. Very impressive performance. Got a buyer speed figure of 92, which fits very well in this race. Danzing Candy has given the impression that he has a ton of potential. Just the way he's won his last two races effortlessly has really it gives the feeling that there's a lot more to Danzing Candy than we've seen so far. And I think he could step up in the San Felipe Stakes would not surprise me if he wins. However, he does have a habit of breaking slowly and then rushing up into contention. Hasn't hurt him in his last two races. Did cause him some problems in his first race, however, when he broke quite slowly, rushed up into a pocket, and ended up not having any racing room on the turn. So, Dan's and Candy, it'd be nice to see him get off to a faster start today because with a lot of speed in this race, if he breaks slowly, he's going to be compromised. Since he likes to run near the lead, he's a very fast colt. A slow start could really hurt his chances. So I'd like to see Dan's and Candy get off to just a little better start on Saturday. That would really help his chances. Number three is More Spirit, who has done very little wrong in the first five starts of his career. His first stakes race was the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes last year. He pressed a solid pace, uh, took the lead in the home stretch, and was passed late by Arrow Force. But more spirit finished ahead of Mo Tom and Gunrunner, both of which have come back to win graded stakes races. And after the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes, more spirit ran in the Los Alamitos Futurity, eight and a half furlongs. And he won fairly easily, in my opinion, by a length and a quarter. That was a grade one race. And then he came back in the Robert B. Lewis stakes and settled in third quite nicely, a few lengths off the pace, and seemed to have just a ton in reserve turning for home. And it seemed like jockey Gary Stevens was just waiting for the right time to, to take command. And it seemed like more spirit had, had a ton left and could have taken the lead at any moment if Gary Stevens had wanted. So although his margin of victory wasn't huge, one and a half lengths over Uncle Lena, I think more spirit was probably maybe much the best that day. And he's trained well since then. Five furlongs in 59 four-fifths on February 28th. Six furlongs in a solid 112 and one on March 5th. He looks ready for this race. Looks ready for a big effort. I'm hoping to see him maybe be just a little more explosive on Saturday, show a little bit of a bolder acceleration maybe, a little bit of a sharper move, because he's he's given the impression of being a little bit more of a grinder in his last couple of races, so just a little flash of extra brilliance would be nice to see from more spirit, who's currently my number one ranked derby contender at this point. I like him a lot, just hoping to see him take his game to a little higher level this Saturday. On a side note, he's proved in the Kentucky Jockey Club stakes that he's no trouble handling a sloppy track, and with lots of rain expected at Santa Anita today, that could be a useful trait if the track doesn't dry out before tomorrow's race. Number four is more Spirit's stablemate, Cupid. 
Cupid lost his first two starts sprinting at Los Alamitos in Santa Anita. Ran well, beaten less than four lengths on both occasions, but in his first start around two turns in an eight and a half furlong maiden special weight last month, he looked spectacular. And I mentioned him at the time on an episode of this podcast, settled in fourth early on a couple lengths back and then just roared past his rivals, turning for home, took the lead with a decisive move, drew off powerfully to win by five and a quarter lengths, was never even really asked, finished very strongly. This was a visually spectacular performance on paper, looked good as well. The, the fractions were slow and he might find himself a little farther back today if the pace is very quick, but he was really flying in the final furlong, looked great doing it. Cupid really looks like he could be something special, and like more spirit, he's trained very well for this race. February 28th, 5 furlongs, 59 and 4. March 5th, 7 furlongs, 126 and 1. Looks like he's really being geared up for a strong effort this Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if more spirit and Cupid end up running 1-2. This could be a sweep for Bob Baffert. Cupid looks like a really good one. Number 5 is I Will Score, a horse that I've really been excited about for a long time. On September 11th, he broke his maiden in a five and a half furlong maiden special weight at Los Alamitos. Gate to wire fashion, fractions of 21 and 3, 44 and 2, won easily by six and a half lengths. Very good performance, very exciting. Little injury uh, prevented him from running through the rest of the year, but on January 3rd, he came back in a six and a half furlong allowance race at San Anita and ran absolutely spectacular. Starting from the rail, he was pushed hard early on, got into a speed duel through fractions of 21 flat and 43 and 1. Unbelievable fractions that you almost never see. Despite this, he proved incredibly determined and stayed on well in the home stretch. He won the race by a head with Uncle Lino, another head back, finishing third. And then I will score stretched out to eight and a half furlongs in the Robert B. Lewis stakes and ran very well in defeat. He set the pace, was pressured throughout by Uncle Lino. He was right in the mix in the final furlong, tired a little bit late to finish third by two lengths. But this was a good performance, solid two-turn debut. And I think he's one that could benefit from actually setting a faster pace in the Robert B. Lewis, because, excuse me, setting a faster pace in the San Felipe stakes because in the Robert B. Lewis stakes, he ran the opening quarter 23 and two, half mile 47 and three fifths. He's shown he can run three, four seconds faster for a half mile. And the Robert B. Lewis stakes kind of turned into a sprint for home with some solid closing fractions and I will score just couldn't quite outkick more spirit and Uncle Lino in the home stretch. So I will score's best approach might be to just send for the lead, carve out a really fast pace and see if his rivals can come and catch him. I'm not sure that they could. I think I will score's a very, very talented Colt. Would not be surprised if he were to steal this race in gate to wire fashion while making his second start around two turns. Number six is Smoky Image, a California bred son of Southern Image, who's unbeaten in six starts so far, including five stakes races. Now he's taking a big step up in class today. His last three runs have been against California breds. This is his first major run against open company and he's picked a tough spot. I mean, this is a fantastic field, but Smoky Image was breathtaking. 
in the California Cup Derby on January 30th. That was his first start around two turns. He took the lead, carved out easy fractions, 23 and 2, 47 and 2, 111 and 3 fifths, but then he just started opening up on the far turn. He led by eight lengths past passing the final furlong, ended up winning by eight and a half lengths over Tough It Out, who was in turn six and a quarter lengths in front of the rest of the field. And Smoky Image was never asked at all. He was absolutely cruising down the home stretch. Jockey Victor Espinosa was easing him up late. Smoky Image, I think, could have won by more if he'd been asked. This is a really visually impressive effort. Wasn't that fast on paper, got only an 83 buyer speed figure. But as I recall, that race was the only two-turn dirt race of the day at Santa Anita, so that figure might have been tricky to calculate. Hard to say, maybe it could have been higher, maybe it could have been lower, but I think Smoky Image has the potential to run a lot faster than he has so far. He's turned in an impressive string of workouts in preparation for this race, culminating with five furlongs in 59 and 3 on March 5th. That was the third fastest of 134 workouts at that distance that morning. It's hard to say what the strategy will be for Smoky Image this Saturday. He won the California Cup Derby on the lead, but he's also shown that he's very versatile and can come from off the pace. He won the Golden State Juvenile Stakes coming from seventh place three and a quarter lengths back uh, through a half mile. So certainly possible that we could see Smoky Image take back if I will score or Dan's and Candy or Uncle Lino bid for the lead. Wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of stalking the pace in mid-pack before challenging on the far turn. And I think he's gonna be hard to run down in the home stretch. And lastly, we come to number seven, Exaggerator, who's a colt that I've liked for a long time. He broke his maiden second time out at Del Mar last year, going six furlongs. Then he shipped across the country to Saratoga and won the six and a half furlong Saratoga Special Stakes in a very professional and impressive performance. He rallied up the rail, had to wait in traffic a little bit. Very nice effort. Beat a talented Todd Pletcher trained two-year-old Saratoga Mischief. And after that race, Exaggerator missed a little bit of training, but ran a huge race in the Grade 1 Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland. That was over a muddy track, and he was making his first start around two turns. He settled along the rail just a few lengths back, took the lead in the home stretch, looked like a winner, got passed late in the race by Brody's Cause, who won by length, but I think Exaggerator was a little short, uh, having missed some training, and I think the rail was not the place to be on the day of the Breeders' Futurity, so the fact that he spent most of the race along the rail and still finished second was very impressive. Then he ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile where I thought that he would not lose. I was very confident Exaggerator would win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Again, he didn't get the best trip. He was trapped along the rail through most of the race, and I don't think the rail was the best part of the track that day either. It had rained all Breeders' Cup week. I don't think the rail was as good as the outside paths. So Exaggerator was trapped on the rail, kind of lacked racing room throughout the race. When he got out, he did rally mildly. He wound up finishing fourth, beating three lengths, but it was a very solid effort. And in his last start of 2015, he shipped to Delta Downs just three weeks after the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. 
and contested the Delta Downs jackpot stakes at eight and a half furlongs. And that race was over a muddy sealed track. And he was involved from the outset. He was very close to the pace in the first quarter mile and took over through the half mile and then got into a prolonged stretch battle with Sunny Ridge through the final furlong. Sunny Ridge, of course, came back to win the Withers Stakes at Aqueduct, but in the Delta Downs Jackpot Stakes, Exaggerator fought off Sunny Ridge very impressively to win by a neck, end his two-year-old season on a win. I thought it was a great effort under the circumstances. Um, I think Exaggerator is probably better coming from a little farther back than he did in the Delta Downs Jackpot Stakes when he was practically the pace setter for most of the race. In Exaggerator's three-year-old debut in the February 15th San Vicente Stakes, seven furlongs at San Anita, he ran into the unbeaten Nyquist, winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, the champion two-year-old of last year, and Exaggerator really gave him a stiff challenge. Exaggerator was never more than a length behind through the early going, while racing outside of Nyquist, he moved up the challenge in the home stretch, got within a half length of the champion, and tired just a little bit. Not even really tired. They flew home the final furlong at about 12 and 1 fifth seconds. Exaggerator wound up second beaten a length and a half. I think you can argue that, if not for the ground loss, because Exaggerator was wider than Nyquist throughout the race, Exaggerator might have won. In any case, it was a very solid three-year-old debut for Exaggerator. He trained great going into that race. He's trained great since then. And with a lot of pace in this race, I'm hoping to see Exaggerator return to his more off-the-pace style of running, hoping to see him a few lengths back early on. If the track does come up sloppy, he's proven that he can handle wet conditions. Handled them just fine in the British Futurity and especially in the Delta Downs jackpot stakes. And I think Exaggerator could really deliver with a big performance this Saturday and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Alright, so there you have it. The field for the San Felipe Stakes. That should do it for today's episode of the Turfs Up Horse Racing Podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening. Enjoy the races! 